The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Hi, welcome today to our show about surviving and thriving through tragedy, part two. We had Kelly McElreath on last week, and um, I kept pronouncing her name incorrectly. So it is McElreath, so I want to say that. She is the survivor coach, and she actually coaches people through uh, cancer struggles, uh, depression struggles, suicide struggles, grief, the loss of children, um, divorce, recovery. Uh, So she basically coaches you to survive and thrive through tragedy, through the tragedy, because it's during the tragedy that you need to know how to get on the other side and be able to be successful and get back to where you were. But Kelly will help you not only get back to where you were, but even better with all the skills she as a coach teach. But just coaching is even faster than counseling. And so most people know that life coaches get you going faster. Counseling is mainly for severe issues that have that you need therapy for. And Kelly actually has taken a kind of combined and wants to make you successful through these tragedies. And she specializes in these tragedies. And so listen close, and we're going to continue. She's going to give us direct tips today so that you can actually learn today some basic things you can do to survive and thrive. Welcome, Kelly, to the show. Thank you for having me again. You are welcome. Okay, last week, if you guys didn't hear the show, I want you to go back and listen to that. Um, she was taking us through, and we, she was actually telling us her journey uh, through all these tragedies. And I don't know too many people that have been through all these tragedies. Um, and so you took us through your loss of your child through SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. And uh, I'm surprised that, you know, that in itself could be enough, mm-hmm, right? Right. And then um, your husband's infidelity, continued infidelity, and mm-hmm. divorce. Um, but during that, before you found out about his infidelity, you had cancer, mm-hmm. and you had a mastectomy. You had both breasts removed? Yes. Okay. And so when you found out about him having um, affairs, at that point you said you were bald and you had no breasts? Well, I was in the process of uh, reconstruction. Yeah. Yes, and you so. think, you know, women, and you know, even... You know, uh, supermodels Mm -hmm. have their husbands be unfaithful. Mm -hmm. And they struggle with self-esteem, and it just kicks their self-esteem. Right. Everyone. But to think of Kelly, who's very beautiful, at that point, in light of 
the cancer and the chemo, which we will talk more about that because we have talked about chemo causing depression, um, that you had lost all your hair and you had uh, the mastectomy. Mm -hmm. So you, of all people, would have felt your self-esteem already would have been so low and terrified, not to mention your main support, mm -hmm. not even being able to be faithful. Right. So... um, You've been through more than that, the, the death of your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, after you, you told us all that in your the story and the journey you took us through last week, mm-hmm. um, we ended really with just some a couple of things you could do, really good things you could do. But if you start where we ended last week, what happened after all of that? Well, I would say the first year probably but definitely the first six months after I got out of the hospital I was still severely depressed so um I mean I lived like a depressed person you know dropped my kids off at school came home got back in the bed and wished I would have died I mean I I was furious that I didn't you know for a long time and um I watched my kids and how it affected them and how the things that they would have thought they would have never known that my husband was doing the things he was. They would think I was the one that was bad. And I actually was um, told by my husband and his family was encouraging him to not tell the kids. But they were teenagers and they're asking me what in the hell's going on. And I wasn't going to sit idly by and look like he had done nothing and that I would actually try to take my life over nothing. So, uh, not that that made it right in any way, but as I watched them suffer and the turmoil, that's how I got through that first year. Then after that, I realized I was out of options. If I was depressed or I wanted to do something bad, well, I couldn't try to kill myself again because I would destroy my children. Right. I couldn't, you know. And and most people say that, that have gotten that way. That the one thing that kept them alive was their kids, mm-hmm. because that nobody wants to damage their kids. Right, right, right. And um, and I, th- I think it's important what you said about defending yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some very shameful things, right? Yeah. Um, and and you know, suicide attempts can be very shameful. You can feel really bad about that mm-hmm. once you come to your senses. Like, what was yeah. I doing, and how would I hurt my kids like that? And it's you're not thinking very clearly when you right. get that way because all you can think about is trying to stop the pain. Right. And so, someone who uses that against you as a weapon, knowing that it's too shameful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the guilt. And the guilt. Yeah. It's you want to defend yourself, but what can what can depress people and paralyze them is they don't know how. Mm-hmm. They feel trapped. Like I can't tell the kids that, and I can't tell the kids that, and I can't tell the kids that. Right. Um, and I think that however you find a way to defend yourself, even if you don't tell them all the details mm-hmm. about your husband. Right. I mean, honestly, sex addiction is ugly. Mm-hmm. You know and. Most people don't even know the darkness of it. Right. And you wish you, when you find out, you wish you never had known, kind of. Yes. And so adults have such a hard time handling that. Kids just, they get depressed, Mm -hmm. right? But so how do you, I mean, I think they understand unfaithful. Mm-hmm. That he's been cheating or something like that, right? Because yeah. um, a lot of kids watch TV and movies nowadays, and that they can handle that. Right. It's just that they hate to. I think more than anything, kids just hate their parents breaking up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you went through all that with your kids, right? Um, 
And then you didn't have any choices. You didn't have the choice you had before. Right. You had other choices, but had you you had to learn those, right? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really what happened after that first um, initial probably six to eight months. I ended up getting a job, which was the best thing for me. I, but, unfortunately, I worked like 90 hours a week. But it propelled me into starting my own business. It was ended up being good. But it was during that time I think I needed, the kids needed to do their own thing and be separated from me and my husband, you know, lean on their friends. I needed to be completely distracted. And it really made me more confident that, oh my gosh, I can get a good job like this. I know I'm a leader and I was a director. And so I was just so excited. So once I had that under my belt, I knew, you know, I was getting myself back together. I could feel myself coming back up, standing on my own two feet and not tripping all the time. Right. So when I, that was when I was in Georgia, when I moved back to Texas, I spent literally the next two years just trying to figure out, because I was still suicidal. I mean, even though I knew I wouldn't do it, I did still have struggle, you know, not up to the point where I, where I was before, but. Um, well, so you, you have what we call. Suicidal tendencies. I yeah, mean, you yes. had thoughts, mm-hmm. but you didn't want to act on them, and you right. you believe you wouldn't have acted on them. Right. But the thoughts were still there and disruptive and disturbing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's what you really help people get through that part. Yes. Yeah. Um, you also said that you wanted your kids, I mean, they really just needed to focus on their life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that kids, really, the best thing to do is distract them, keep them busy with school. Yeah. They got enough going on in their right. life and, and with their schoolwork, and you just try to keep them focused on that. Get them involved in stuff so yeah. they're not paying too much attention. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, the best thing to do is not to have them going through what you're going through. Exactly. Right? right. And kids do think. I mean, seven, nine, they're like, I should know. I deserve to know. You know, and that's not true. Yeah. You know, but they can really make you feel bad that you're hiding things from them. Yeah. But we do that to protect them. Okay, hiding and keeping things that would damage them and only telling them what they need to know, right, Right, is to protect them. And it's, it's, uh, it's not the same thing as your husband saying, I'm only telling you, Kelly, what you need to know because I'm trying to protect you. <laughs> right? Right. Okay. And that's, I've actually heard those exact words. <laughs> yes, it's not the same. So you were really doing good things for your kids, you yes. know. And so then you came to Texas. Um, and so you said two years. Two years of you doing, working, Mm -hmm. recovering, and work really does help. Yeah, it really does. Whether it be volunteering, you know, know, whether you're working for free, working for money, Mm -hmm. anything like that, it really helps you get your identity back. Yes, and that's what coaching does. I mean, I can be, I've had moments where I've had a really rough time, and then I have a call with my client, and I got off the phone, and I think, oh my gosh, it's just, I love what I do. Yes. You know, anytime I can help someone else, it helps me greatly. Well, and it also helps you get focused on Mm -hmm. what's important. Yeah. You know, and I think that everyone can get caught up in little details. We were at a hotel this past weekend and there were all these little things, right? That we were just frustrated. Mm -hmm. And and right before our eyes, this lady fell. Uh, She passed out before she fell. I I think she was having an epileptic seizure on the way down. Oh, my gosh. And so she hit her head, and she started seizuring, and we were helping her um, and, you know, making sure she wasn't choking, all that, for a very, very, it was the longest seizure I've ever seen. And she woke up. She didn't know where she was. She didn't know what day it was. I mean, things like that. And so we got her the help, got her, you know, medical help to emergency room and all that kind of stuff. And after that, we thought, what is wrong with us, you know? That is so stupid what we were stressing about right. and what we were, you know, frustrated about. Yeah. It is so little. 
it, and it made everything the rest of the week imperfect. I, I mean, not to say that we wanted that to happen to anybody. Right. But but when you help people and you remember how you've recovered mm-hmm. and you're trying to help them, you, you don't get stupid. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, you are able to focus better. You are able to think better. You're more clear. Um, and, and helping others is part of recovery for everyone. Right. And so giving back has been good for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that uh, so many um, people say once they go back to work, if they've been out of work, uh, whether they're on leave or they're having a baby in their home, whatever, that when they go back, they get themselves back. Like right. not the mom, not the wife, just myself. Mm-hmm. I'm back. I feel it. Yeah. So that's one of the things you would say, right? Well, and one of the things that is so funny is, you know, when your kids are in school, you're not known as Ann or Kelly. You're known as so-and-so's mom. Yes. And that's kind of what I've been known as. Oh, well, you're that girl that had cancer. You're that girl that suffered with depression. Oh, mm. you're that girl that, you know, tried to kill yourself. Mm. And so I I really don't care because I'm, I'm very open, raw, and honest. But... I want, that's why I named myself the survivor coach, because that's what I want to be known as, is that I survived surviving. You survived surviving. Right. Yes. Instead of, and and it can, um, the years can go by. The good thing for you, two years. Mm -hmm. That's not so bad. Mm -hmm. And then what? Well, and then um, uh, the first episode, something happened with my kids, or one of my kids, and it was the first time something bad had happened since I had tried to take my life. And it was uh, just kind of, it sent me into a depression state. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. And um, I was in a terrible place because of what I had found out. And I didn't know what to do. And I would think I was worse than before because, I, like I said, I was out of options. And I didn't know how to, the only way I can describe it to a person is I wanted to run away from my mind. No, I know. you. I mean, and you wish you could run. Yes. I mean, some people try. Yeah. They just try. They drive. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I had yeah. a lady drive. She was just driving. She mm-hmm. called me, and I'm like, where are you? Well, I ran away. And I'm like, no, 40-year-olds don't run away. Yeah. You just leave. Right. You can leave. That's the great thing about being an adult. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Well, I don't know. Where, where are you going? I don't know. And yeah. I said, call, well, call me whenever you get where you're going. Yeah. And she called at a hotel in uh like i don't know some town you wouldn't want to be in i mean it just doesn't sound that great and she said i just realized there's no place far enough Mm -hmm. and then it goes in a circle the world is in a circle so it's really me and i need to work on what's Mm -hmm. inside me right and that's what you offer Mm -hmm. so for you what did you do then how did you get help what happened is i mean i truly 100 percent believe that you have to have somebody that has gone through something like that like I there's no way I could let somebody help me who has not survived cancer if I wanted to talk to somebody about the effects of cancer and chemo and what it does to your life and if I wanted to tell a woman the thoughts that I feel when I look in the mirror or Mm -hmm. those intimate things I would never tell even a woman that was trying to help me in this way about that because they didn't have, they haven't been through it. Right. And just the same thing with depression or suicide or attempted suicides. I mean, I just don't think, I think it is so comforting to know somebody else has experienced real life, real time, that exact thing. You know, they can still relate to, when you have cancer there and you go through chemo, there are countless thoughts that go through your head that never leave your mouth. 
Well, yes, chemo brain does cause so many automatic negative thoughts. Yes. That just, um, and, and they've proven that, that there's just these thoughts that, that come from that mm-hmm. about yourself. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're a lot faster. They're a lot more intense. Yeah. Um, the side effects of chemo, there are quite a few. <laughs> yes. Right, besides just losing your hair. And so um, I think for you, trying to still, so even though you were recovered, those thoughts were still there. Right. Okay. So you found someone who'd been through it? No, the my first step actually was um, I had a friend, and um, I'd actually lost my best friend pretty much through this whole thing. Uh, but I had another friend who ended up becoming my very best friend, and she, I mentioned her last week. That yes, she, she stayed she with you. She stood up to me. Yeah. Good. She stood up to you? Yeah, most people don't stand up to me, and so <laughs> she stood up to me. And uh, I remember being... I mean, I did not want to live. And I knew I couldn't take my life. And it was a miserable, miserable place. You right. know, I was laying in bed just thinking, this is terrible. I don't understand. You know, why did God let me live through this? It's not fair. You know, whatever. And He's not always. But he doesn't always seem fair, does yeah, he? Yeah, no. Right. So she just sat there. And, you know, she didn't say anything. She said nothing. She, she was just, just there. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could only cry and feel sorry for myself for so long. And she just said Let's get up. Let's we love, uh, we love Mexican food. Let's go have Mexican food and have a margarita. And I thought laid there and I was like I don't want to ever get up. I don't ever want to leave this spot. Mm-hmm. And so she asked me again, like, "Come on. Let's do this. We love Mexican food." Yeah. And I went. And it snapped me out of it. And I realized and I used her several more times. Yes. But she was my person. And when I was in the hospital, that's one of the greatest things I learned from the psychiatrist is you need a person. You need a person. You need a person that knows what to do. And it only takes one. Yes. That's the thing, to have one friend. Yes. And you know, it's interesting because in the book of Job, Job had four, and three of them were stupid. Yeah. Right? They (laughs) were just like, to have someone around to say stupid things, Mm -hmm. that doesn't help. Even his wife. So that one, even his wife, you must have done something, you know, um, and so having the best person for him was the one that just sat with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And didn't say anything. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't know what to say. So yeah. he didn't say anything. But he was there. And he was always there. Mm-hmm. And we all need that person that's just right. there. And so even if they've not been through it, the key is someone. And so you making friends is so important. You, you just got to have friends. Mm-hmm. How do you make friends? Well, it doesn't take very many. And I think one, to know that one being there. And when you are, and I know this happened to you, when you're going through stuff like that, were you surprised who were your, who stayed, who like the friends that came through for you weren't necessarily the ones you thought? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I, I definitely had my very best friend in the entire world um, completely abandoned me. Uh, I got home February 5th from the hospital and I moved to Texas in June by July 4th. I got a text message that said, me and my husband are washing my hands of you. That was the exact words. And I was devastated. And so um, that other girl had always said to me that was going to happen. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, you, you just don't know her. That would, nobody would ever do that. And so it, it happened. And, but it was great because it really showed me how people are, how they will be among tragedies. Right. They you know, can't handle it. They can't them. handle it. Right. They don't know. I mean, I was not sane. I mean, I, I'm saying that in the way that if she had really realized that I was not thinking correctly, I had just tried to take my life, you know, six months before, 
how could you do that? Right. And I deal with abandonment issues. I mean, my dad abandoned me. I, you know, so much loss. Well, and I, I think that knowing that people can do that, it, what, what you find is the real friends that can will be there through anything, yes, right? Yes. And so it helps you, honestly, in a way, find the true friends, what, what friends really are. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not just someone to have fun with or, you know, yeah. that people who really stick by you. And when they do that, you don't want to ever lose them. Right. And so through life, every now and then, few and far between, you find these people. Yes. And you don't ever let them go. Yeah. But it is surprising. It is. So having a friend. So we're going to take a break. And when we get back, you're going to go through the main things in coaching that you share with people. Yes. To get through this. So you guys hang right here. We'll be back in just a minute with Kelly McElry, the survivor coach. On Living Well. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Hazlitt, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to LifeSolutionsCoachingAndCounseling.com or email them at LifeSolutions.com cc at yahoo.com sunshine herbs in saginaw texas on main street business 287 has all of your supplement needs and healthy food products so my suggestion for you visit sunshine herbs today and let their knowledgeable staff who know all their products and their naturopathic doctor lead you to a life of health and wellness so that you too can live well Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, welcome back. I am Ann Beald, your host, and I have Kelly McElreath, the survival coach, talking about surviving and thriving in tragedy. Now, before we move on, she's going to tell you some basic, really important things to do. Um, Can you tell them how to get a hold of you? Yes. So that we don't forget to do that. So my website is being built as we speak. So I'm hoping that it's going to be uh, live next week. It will be the survivorcoach.com. But in the meantime, you can reach me at the, the survivorcoach at gmail.com or you can call me directly at 404 617 4825. Repeat it one more time 404 617 4825 or the survivorcoach at gmail.com. And your website, thesurvivorcoach.com. Yes. That's such a great name. Yeah. Now, how about a Facebook? You can find me anywhere on social media, at The Survivor Coach. The Survivor Coach on Facebook. Because a lot of people like Facebook. Yes, except for Twitter, I'm uh, Survivor Coach 16. Everywhere else is The Survivor Coach. So Twitter, there's already a Survivor Coach? Tons. Really? 
Yeah, but it's for different, right. you know, type things. Because I was looking, there were none for cancer that right. I saw. Um, so cool. That's really cool. Um, now, I wanted to add one thing. Is sure. When I was diagnosed, uh, you're talking about friends, and so many friends that liked my stuff, and I like their stuff on Facebook all the time, they disappeared. I mean, I never talked to them again. They never mm -hmm. texted me again, anything. And I know it's because they didn't know what to say or do, and it's awkward. But the you to be a really good friend, you don't have to do anything because you don't know what's right for me. Only I do. So if you could just sit there or just listen or just say, hey, I'm thinking about you, you mm -hmm. know, buy me a pedicure, you know, something, just something. Well, and I find on Facebook mm -hmm. um, when someone's struggling, because I have friends struggle at times. I had a guy just say on there, and I didn't even know he was unhappy. Um, he said, I just feel like I'm on my last leg or something like that. And that was a cry out. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, and send him a, a, a wonderful saying to encourage him and cheer him up. And right. say, I'm here. Mm -hmm. um, but you know that a lot of people say, call me if you need me. But did you call them? <laughs> no, no. No. So you have to call them, yeah. right? And I had friends for me. They were really annoying. Mm -hmm. I have to just say oh, this. same here. They just came over. Like, they would call, and I'd be like, they say, you need to go out. You need to do this, blah, blah, blah. Leave me alone. I'm fine, yeah. right? And I was just laying on the back porch looking up at the sky. <laughs> and they're like, why? And it was on my birthday. And I remember mm -hmm. my 40th birthday, staring up at the sky. And they were so concerned. And these are people that are somewhat strong, that, uh, stronger than I thought they would be. Um, and they're like, no, you need, to, you need to do something. No, I'm fine. So then I just quit answering the phone. Uh -huh. Next thing I know, because I don't have a fence guarding my house. Like, I have a fence, but they can come in. And um, they would, they just, I was on the back porch. Next thing I know, they come around the corner of my house. And they harass me and harass me to get me to, you know, and go somewhere. I didn't want to go anywhere. And they say, yeah. I know more people came. Yeah. So I had like six people. Mm -hmm. um, and so finally, I'm like, oh, my gosh, fine. I'll just go get ready. Now, this is the thing. Because you have those three T's that you talk about. Yes. And I had not done those things. So once I did those things and got up mm -hmm. and got dressed, I felt so much better. And then I went with them. It changed my life. Yes. Right. So tell us what you tell people. Well, I don't know how old your audience is, but there used to be a station, maybe there's, maybe it still exists, called Q102, and it was a rock station, and they had Triple Shot Thursdays. So Triple Shot Thursdays. Yes. Now, see, I don't know that I'm any younger than you or older than you or whatever. I don't remember. Is that here in Dallas-Fort Worth? Yeah. You oh, okay, I didn't grow up here. Oh, I was like, you would have had to listen to rock and roll to know this station. But <laughs> <laughs> So what I did was... Um, and, you know, this is what I still do today. I mean, it still works for me today. I, I just do them more naturally. Right. Before I had to make myself do them. But one day I was in bed. It's been a while ago, but I was in bed and didn't want to get up. And I thought, I have to get up, but I work from home. So I thought, oh, I don't have to get up, you know. So a couple of days of that, and then I'm like, okay, I can't stay this way. So what am I going to do? Well, I just, you know, for no reason, I had nowhere to go. I just thought, I'm just going to take a shower. Well, I took a shower and all of a sudden, I felt so much better, but I didn't connect the two. Right. So the next time that happened, uh, not connecting it yet, I took a shower and got dressed, mm -hmm. and I felt better. So I was like, wait, there must be something to this, you know, because I really felt good, you know? And I feel better just washing my face, putting right. my contacts in, yes. right? Because, like, it's so crazy, the difference without being able to see very well and being able to see, right? Right. right. And so just washing my face, putting in my contacts, definitely taking a shower, Yes. You know, but even if I didn't wash my face, 
brush my teeth, whatever, get uh-huh. clothes on, something uh-huh. about getting dressed, but yeah. definitely a shower. Uh-huh. And that's why so many people take showers in the morning because it wakes them up, yeah. right? Slap uh-huh. them around. <laughs> well, and then the last T is, you know, take a shower, get dressed, put on your clothes and your makeup if you're a woman and go somewhere. Right. There were many times, once I put on my makeup, I felt pretty. I felt like, I don't know, without my makeup, for some reason, I was without makeup the entire time I was in the hospital, and everybody else was, so I felt like a sick person. You know what I mean? They treat you, you like you're a sick person. You just don't look that good. When yeah. you look in the mirror comparatively. Right. Right? So when I put my makeup on, I feel like a survivor coach. You know, I feel like the, the new Kelly. And it doesn't, you don't have to put on a lot. No. You just put some color in your face, put some mascara. Right. Mas- mascara brightens up your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um a little, you know, shiny thing on your lips and you're yeah. ready to go, right? It right. doesn't have to take much. Whatever yeah. makes you feel pretty. Right. And the, the one thing that really helped me was to get in my car and go somewhere. I love Diet Coke. I'm a Diet Coke fanatic. So I would get out of my car, <laughs> I mean, get in my car every day and drive to wherever I wanted to get a Diet Coke. And it was perfect. I mean, it was just, especially when it was sunshiny, I just, I don't know, it just does something to your soul, you know? You know, it's interesting about that when you say that. Because when I was in California and I was pregnant and I was, I I had moved to Oxnard where no one, I mean, it was really country. Then now it's where the cowboys are and all that. There wasn't really much there. And um, so I was home because I was about to have the baby soon. And uh, I, my favorite thing to do, it was crazy. I think it's funny now, but it worked. I walked to this little mall close by Mm -hmm. and Sears had the chocolate stars. They had the candy (laughs) counter then. They don't now. And I'd get chocolate stars. I'd go to the movie theater, get a Diet Coke, strange combination, and I would just sit there, and it would feel so pleasant. Mm-hmm. And um, so chocolate and Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it's kind of funny because my daughter says that she got introduced to chocolate in the womb <laughs> and Diet Coke in the womb. But, um, you know, it, it, and then the next time later when I was really getting down, being a um, stay-at-home mom, you know, without – Feeling like I didn't have a lot going on. Diet Coke, it's weird. Just going out and driving through McDonald's and getting a Diet mm-hmm. Coke. Changed my life. It's crazy. Oh, I know. It's, it is crazy. And some people will say that about Starbucks. That mm-hmm. just driving through something about Starbucks, they swear there's something addictive in it. <laughs> yeah. And we know there's something addictive in the Diet Cokes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. So what else? So one thing uh, to add to the taking shower part, uh, once you get that part down and it's pretty natural that you know that's your antidote to being depressed for the whole day, is to make your bed. I've always made my bed, but when I was depressed, I would sometimes not. And so I realized one day when I was making my bed, sometimes I'll just loosely make it, but I made it up really nice and put my pillows on it. And I love it when it's like that. And I was looking at it and I thought, you know what? This is setting my intention for the day that I'm going to be back here tonight. And it was just the wildest thing because I thought, I am never going to not make my bed again. Because when I made my bed, I knew it was a sign in my mind I was going to make it one more day. And, and there is something about making the bed. Like, I didn't really grow up having to make the bed. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening. I didn't mean to say that, but <laughs> she had six, so I can totally understand. Um, and so, but something about when you make it, it makes the whole room look better. It's like... Even if nothing else is picked up, the room looks so much better and you feel better. Right. And it's like, it's such a simple thing. And you don't have to be perfect. Okay. My mm-hmm. husband, it's so beautiful and he makes it up. And I, if I'm in a hurry, even just putting it up, putting the pillows in the pillowcase, all that, it looks good. Right. And it feels good. And it's such a, it's just, you go, ah, those yeah, deep breaths. It's done. <laughs> going. Well, you know, one uh, wonderful thing is about, about coaching. I love coaching because coaching is all about just asking questions. I believe 100%. 
within my own self that everyone knows the answers to their problems. They just need a little help on how to find those answers within them. And so I was thinking the other day about this, how many times after I tried to commit suicide that I would, in my mind, imagine, just think, I wish I could just jump off the bridge. You know, it just Mm. crossed my mind. And so I started thinking, you know, after cancer, you know, I thought that several times, you know, just that's how suicidal people are, if you have suicidal thoughts. And I thought to myself, as a coach, that I would ask somebody, if you're on this side of the bridge, and imagine later you are, you know, on the other side of the bridge. Mm -hmm. Well, if you had to name the bridge, what would it be? And I thought about every time I coach myself through all the tragedies I've been through, like cancer, that bridge would be my boobs, my femininity, you know, the medicine I had to take that I had no choice in, you know, how unfair it was, my husband doing what he did during the worst time of my life, that was the bridge. Well, once I started talking about it to myself, I feel better. And then I think about, you know, when I did, that bridge was, my husband was not empathetic to me. He was a completely different person. I'd been married for a very long time to the most amazing man ever. And now I don't even know this man. Yeah, they lose themselves and they become people that you never knew. Mm-hmm. And they can't feel very deeply for you or anyone else. Yeah. And so that 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 aloofness, that lack of empathy is very hard on anyone, mm-hmm. especially with what you were going through. Yeah. And that's the reason that most people that um, suffer the loss of a child don't make it in their marriages because... I think men handle it kind of right away, however, and women handle it very differently. Yeah, most of the time. I mean, there are times it's different, but yeah, most of the time. And it's hard when people are handling tragedy differently together, right? Yes. And I I think what everyone needs is someone who's not suffering through a tragedy to help them, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, But you had, you had crossed many bridges and survived all of them. Right. And that's a really good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think that um, being able to put it aside, like that part of the brain, those automatic negative thoughts that Dr. Amen calls ants, Mm -hmm. you stamp out those ants, you ignore those ants, or that they'll come, your brain will lie to you, your brain will say stupid things at times. And that's why it's really important in coaching, they have you make a list of those stupid things it says, Right. right? And so that you know what they are, you know what they sound like, so when it happens, you can recognize them immediately, and that whole jumping off the bridge thing is one of them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's a very childish way of coming up with an answer. Mm -hmm. But you're an adult now. And it's weird. We still have that child brain that comes up with some of the stupidest things. And and, and, I mean, honestly, comes up with things and then it shames you for even Even thinking. Yeah, like like if you, tells you to eat the cookie, Mm -hmm. if you're on a diet, go ahead and eat the cookie. Like just worry about it tomorrow. Then you eat the cookie immediately like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you. I thought you were dieting. Like it just is such a, crazy childish mm-hmm. part of the brain and so it comes up with options that are very childish and it doesn't think long term it's not thinking them through mm-hmm. you know like I had a fifth grader just you know he didn't want to be in choir so he just stopped doing his work and he just knew that if he made an F or a bunch of F's he can't do anything extracurricular mm-hmm. so he'll just stop his work that yeah. is a childish brain right because mm-hmm. then I'm like wow so are you gonna go to summer school you're gonna repeat the grade and then he was like what Okay, because it doesn't think about that, right? You can't flunk and not have to go to summer school. So that's not what he wanted, and that's that part of the brain. And Mm -hmm. so it comes up with stupid ideas to help you with your pain, Mm -hmm. and that would be one of those. And so knowing to just put that aside, that doesn't work. Yeah, Uh, It would be very painful, Mm -hmm. and, you you know, you just don't do that. 
um, and set it aside. So by looking at it that way, it was good. Okay, give us a couple more before break. So one of the things that I did when I got divorced and when I had cancer, really since then, and I still do it today, is I make me on Spotify a um, happy list. Uh And so when I got divorced, that list was called I'm Free. Now that's music. Spotify is a music app. Yes. I create a list of music songs that I love uh, that would really just cheer me up. And so... When I got divorced, my uh, list was called I'm Free, and I would have lots of things like Taylor Swift, We Are Never Getting Back Together. I love those songs. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yes. Those Those women power songs or power songs. Okay, if you're not a woman, I'm sorry, but <laughs> there are songs that make you feel better. Yes. Uh, Kelly Clarkson has a bunch of them and you know, Pink, you know. But then I also have another list for, you know, like right now, I have certain songs, like there's certain worship songs I adore, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel comforted and safe and secure and then there's another list that's just maroon five i love if i listen to maroon five i'm gonna feel good and it's amazing what music can really do because you know there's a saying that music when you're okay right you just listen to it it's fun and it makes you happy but when you've gone through stuff then you listen to the lyrics yes they really mean something to you yeah and i have so many people say but that's not like the maroon five their their newest some of their new songs i I love the music and i love the wedding video with all the brides and and and, um but at one point i said something to my daughter about oh what is he saying there and she explained it i'm like okay that's what i thought that's bad that's just bad And she said, Mom, why you listen to the words? It's the music, right? And yeah. I'm like, I can't help but hear the words. So just ignore the words of some of the Maroon 5 songs and let the music take you away, right? But mercy me, some of the Christian songs uh-huh. out there that make you feel so, so good and worshipful, mm-hmm. you know, and know the Lord has you and holds you and takes care of you. And um, and it, it really helps you get clear mm-hmm. on who you are. and You have a purpose and a mission. Which you're doing right now. Yes. Well, the interesting thing is if you find an artist like Mercy Me, one of my favorites, Jeremy Camp, uh, and you really like the lyrics to their songs, look up their bios. Jeremy Camp married a girl and lost her to cancer. Uh, Mercy Me has a story. You know, usually those people have a really awesome story. Stephen Curtis Chapman lost a daughter. Oh, my gosh. That was terrible. yeah. Yeah. So that's you don't come up with those lyrics by not going through some really tough stuff. Yeah, that's a really good idea when you hear a song that really pulls you through. Mm-hmm. What did they go through to write that song? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the song, well, there's so many. Okay, those are really good ideas. One more. Well, this is something I just, is not a tip, but I just wanted to bring up about music, is I had no idea, but I read an article about Stephen Tyler yesterday, who I think is so crazy. Um, but awesome. year, years ago, when he came up with Jamie's Got a Gun, I had no, I love a song. I had no idea what the song was about until I read this article yesterday. And it was that it was about a girl named Janie that shot her husband, her dad, for sexually abusing her. Mm-hmm. And so now he has a whole organization that he's called Janie's Fund. And he helps tons of women that have gone through sexual abuse. Well, and Steven Tyler has so many stories, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's such a great guy that way. Yeah. You know, and he puts his passion into his music. So many people don't have any idea. Yeah. And so those are great things to look back at other survivors. Right. And that have written songs or written books. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, we're going to go to break. Um, again, if you want to coach with Kelly or reach Kelly or talk to Kelly, Kelly McElreath of SurvivorCoach.com, which is going to be ready in a couple weeks. Yes. That um, the Survivor Coach on Facebook mm-hmm. and your email, the Survivor Coach at gmail.com. Yes. And then give your phone number one more time 404 617 4825. 
Now, where are you located? I'm in McKinney, Texas. McKinney, Texas, which is just north of Plano, mm -hmm. which is just north of Dallas, right? Yeah. North. DFW area. The Dallas-Fort Worth <laughs> Metroplex. Right now, we're in Hazlitt. I'm office Life Solutions. So, guys, if you want to get a hold of me, you go through lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com. Um, or you can reach me, ablivingwell at gmail.com. So you can get a hold of us with any questions. And um, we're going to do some other podcasts on this, so you can call in. If you go to livewellshow.com, you can, we're going to do them in the future, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so you can get more information. So you can also reach us on livewellshow.com. All righty. So let's go um, through a couple more things. One of the things with the happy list of the songs, uh -huh. songs do change your brain chemistry. Yes. Just as if you were to do it the opposite way. You were happy and you wanted to get sad. Uh -huh. You could put on some sad music. Yes. We don't want you to do that. Okay, we don't want you to do that. Um, teenagers, when they're like upset with their boyfriend or they're, or they're like they've broken up, they uh -huh. put on that sad music. And they I just know. cry and cry and cry and cry. And I tell them, why are you doing that? Put on the power music, right? So we, right. we, so but brain chemistry is very interesting. It's much more easy to shift mm -hmm. than people imagine, and music's one of the best ways. Now, thinking about wonderful things like relaxing places or empowering places mm -hmm. um, as a positive anchor, being on the top of a mountain, right. um, you know. <laughs> In some of those songs, you know, punching your boyfriend seems very empowering, <laughs> yeah. right? But I, but I do know that being able to take your mind to a place and just close your eyes and focus, mm -hmm. um, whether it be being in the mountains, being in the woods, whatever makes you feel good. You know, I love being on the beach or being on a, imagining a raft in the pool. It's just very relaxing mm -hmm. to me. Um, and so through coaching, you found positive anchors. What were your positive anchors? Well, actually, I have an interesting take on what you just said is that uh, I do believe you should not listen to sad music when you're in a depressed state. However, there were so many times that I felt like an ocean was right behind my eyeballs, but I could not drop one single tear. And I knew if I could just cry and get it out, I'm not a crier, but I knew I had to. Yeah. All this stuff, if it could just pour out of me in tears at home by myself even, you know, that it would help me. And I would listen to songs that really just help me remember maybe it's a song that was me and my husband's yeah. or a song that played when I had cancer and it helped me to cry so crying's and healing it is healing you just don't want to do it too much well I was going to say that's a step in the program that I take people through and it, it would definitely want to be done with a coach I think or well it's interesting because to grieve correctly you have to have so many tears and so much anger right oh, yes, so you got to get the sadness out you got to get the anger out mm -hmm. that's really good so let's stop there we'll go to break okay. and we'll be right back with Kelly McAlvary McElreath, I'm going to get it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kelly McElreath, the survivor coach. You guys stay right here. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Sunshine Herbs in Saginaw, Texas, on Main Street, Business 287, has all of your supplement needs and healthy food products. So, my suggestion for you, visit Sunshine Herbs today and let their knowledgeable staff who know all their products and their naturopathic doctor lead you to a life of health and wellness so that you too can live well.
Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Hazlitt, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to LifeSolutionsCoachingAndCounseling.com or email them at LifeSolutionsCC at Yahoo.com. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. Kelly McElreath, the Survivor Coach, has wonderful tips for us on how to survive and thrive in the midst of tragedy or even after tragedy if you start getting down, mm-hmm. you know, and you haven't come through it. And there are people mm-hmm. that have, it's been a while, and they still haven't gotten all the way through it. They're still depressed, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, mine was a slow recovery. It was definitely recovering, you know, but um, I had quite a ways to come from, but it took me a long time. I don't want people to take that long. Don't take that long. Yeah. You can come to Kelly, and uh, wherever you are, you know, coaching can be done by phone. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing about coaching. And so she gave you her phone number. Give it one more time. 404-617-4825. And I do do all my coaching over the phone. Yeah, her coaching's by phone. Now, if you're in the area, you can talk to her about, you know, coming to some of her seminars. Um, She just did one. Did you do it by YouTube? Um, I'm doing Manic Mondays because Mondays are the hardest days for people you know, struggling. And for, I mean, nobody likes Mondays. No. <laughs> so that's on my, the Survivor Coach uh, Facebook fan page. And you can tune in there every Monday for 10 minutes at 10 o'clock called Manic Mondays. And what do you do? Uh, well, I just talked about, well, believe it or not, I woke up that, mo- that morning and um, my monthly friend came to visit. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And then uh, I'm like, okay, I have two hours to prepare for this first one. I've never done a Facebook Live thing anyway. And then I sat down and I thought I need a Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened the door. It's pouring rain. I had no idea it was even supposed to rain. So I go get a Coke and I come back. I just sit down, get up my computer started. And it lightnings and I hear my router make all this strange noise. And I'm like... That can't be good. <laughs> my TV was off, and all of a sudden, my internet was off. I couldn't get on the internet. You know that nothing. was a symbol of Manic Monday. Exactly. Right? Oh, yeah. I knew it had to happen. I should have <laughs> known, known. Yeah. So I got in my car and literally drove till I found a signal and sat on the side of the road and did it. <laughs> That's awesome. But what yeah. did you do? You were helping people with Monday. You're helping them get it's through. kind of like this. It's right. the same tips on how can you get through a Monday. How You know, sometimes... You, I personally get sick of hearing, oh, just remember what you're grateful for. All the things you do have. Well, you do have a place to live, and you do have a car, and you do have food to eat. 
okay, but that's not going to help me right now. <laughs> right. You want some real tips. And I think yeah. that being grateful is just one of the many zillions of things we teach in coaching, mm-hmm. right? Having a, a grateful mindset. But that takes such a, you know, learning how to do that. I mean, yeah. you have to teach people how to do wins or gratefulness, whatever you call that. Mm-hmm. And we take them through that process in coaching to get their mindset changed. Yes. From Because your brain holds on to all the negative. You don't have to do that. Right. It'll do that without any help. So people who can't see the positive very well, they can't see all the good very well, that's a whole coaching strategy to teach them how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, oh, just do this. <laughs> that's yeah. what you wish. I mean, they think it's kind of cheesy. They're like, oh, I just think positive, everything will go fine. Right. It doesn't, it's, and it's not true. It's right? a great example what you just said about last weekend is that, you know, you're getting irritated at these little things. Okay. And then once the woman fell, you're like, oh, my gosh. And that's the same thing with the gratitude. Yeah. In in certain times, you do not want to hear that, and it's not going to help you. But But I think it helps a mindset change. Yes. And I think that mindset is such a good name, such a good word they use for coaching. Yeah. But you can also, one of the great things after going through coaching is you can shift. Mm -hmm. Once you realize what's going on in your head, you can shift. Yeah. And so for me, it was like that was a shift, and I probably should have journaled that day so I could have shifted. Mm -hmm. We talk about journaling Um, because that helps you think it through, and it works. Um, your phone's doing some weird stuff there. Uh, and so shifting in your mind, once you realize, it, it's it's just realizing, no way, my brain's doing that automatic negative thoughts, focusing on the bad. Mm-hmm. Let me try to focus on the good. Mm-hmm. And so your manic Mondays, help them do that. Help yes. them get in that mindset. Now, I like Mondays, but I'm weird. I mean, I mm-hmm. just am weird. Yeah. I don't like going to work on Monday. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, your, your weekend, like, say this week, coming weekend, we'll be off on Monday. But, you know, you spend, say, the summertime in Texas, we're always at the lake or doing something fun. And then Monday comes, you're like, oh, I don't want to go back to work. I want to go kayaking. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and so there are, you know, it's not the, it's the work part, right? Mm-hmm. Like having to do something you don't want to do, right? So you help yes. them get through that because most people have to get up and go to work. And so that's really cool you offer that. And so there's more of these that you take them through. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't want to give it all away. And right. so I'm just letting her, I'll, I'll let her go through her list and only do certain things, you know, because she has some really great coaching. So she can't give it all to you today. So that you got to follow up with Kelly to get more strategies. So just tell us some more, Kelly. So when I was first diagnosed with cancer, uh, you know, I never forget when I got the phone call. I, it's a reaction that you can imagine making. I never thought I would react that way. But anyway, um, of course, my husband's crying. I'm crying. Everybody knows crying. My kids are crying. And I thought, oh, this is terrible. I mean, there's just no way I can do this. So I had to do something. So I thought, okay, I'm going to watch only funny movies. I'm going to watch movies all the time. <laughs> so I watched funny movies and then, which was was good, but I thought this wasn't good enough. Right. So there is a DVD series called Bananas. And it is hilarious. And you can find it mainly at Christian bookstores. But, um, but I bet you can find it on, on Amazon, Amazon or somewhere yeah. or Netflix yeah. or and even a website. Yes. Right. They are so funny. And then there is um, comedians. Uh, Jimmy Fallon completely cracks me up. He has a ton of different things. Uh, you know, just whatever. You can look up on YouTube. Literally, people just acting stupid, you know. I mean, I would watch America's Funniest Home videos and just have it re- recorded, you know, on my DVR. So, I would be able to see it whenever I wanted to. And So, happy things to watch are really important. Um, I know one of the things you had said is open up the blinds. Mm-hmm. And so, having the blinds open, having this, let the light in. Yes. Um, you, one of the traits of people who are, who are somewhat depressed, they don't open their blinds very much. Mm-hmm. The sunlight is... 
too much they yeah. or they just don't have the energy and so they're like moles in a hole mm -hmm. right and so you got to get the light in yeah and um and invite it in how about stepping outside well, you know the, the funny thing about keeping the blinds closed is the reality of the situation is there are times i'm not saying all the time but there are times when you're depressed that you don't want to feel better yeah you want to wallow in it that's why know. i didn't want my friends coming over right i didn't want to go anywhere just let me Mope. Well, I've been yeah. doing it for a little while, and so they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're still doing that?" No, yeah. and that's and that's why you got to have people that just like shake you until yes. some whatever's wrong falls out. Right. I mean, I have those friends, mm -hmm. and they can be annoying, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so just know that those those strong friends that you have, you know, we all have those somewhat controlling friends. You know, they can come in handy. Yes. So yeah, so opening the blinds, it's a great first step if you don't want to leave the house. I mean, if you're the kind of person that has been in the house for a week, open the blinds and just make that a baby step. You know, baby that's step. what we take is baby steps. You have to. And if you can open the blinds, you can get up to open the blinds, then you can get up to open the blinds and open the door. Right. If you can get up to do that, you can also step outside to your car and you can go somewhere. Now, stepping outside day. is you very important. Yeah. You know, just getting out in the air, mm -hmm. in the light, and it can change your perspective. A lot of people say that one of the coping skills they use is to go outside. Yes. Go around their yard or they go around the flowers or mm -hmm. they, you know, go down the street where there's animals. Okay. Yeah. And so animals can make you feel better. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so taking those steps, uh, I had somebody who said, just get your shoes on. Yeah. If you get up and put your tennis shoes on, or just put your shoes on. Right? Mm -hmm. If that's all you put on, put your shoes on. Because people can be in their pajamas, yeah. put their shoes on and go outside. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and then wash your face and then yep. get dressed, right? So you're taking them through all these steps. Right. Um, and then watching funny things. Ma mainly don't watch sad movies. Don't right. watch sad yeah. videos. The dramas. And I still, to this day, I don't, I, I think because I've just had too much tragedy right. and drama in my right. life. That for me, you know, I don't want to go see a tragedy. Bring back all those memories. And I had a friend let's say, let's, let's have fun. Let's go see Cold Mountain. And I'm like, what? Like, no. The person dies at the end. They they love each other, and they right at the finally point when they finally get together, which is the whole movie trying to get them back together. They're walking towards each other, and one of them dies. Oh my gosh, that's and terrible. I'm like, why would you want to see that? Okay, so I couldn't. She's like, what's the deal? It's just a you know, it's <laughs> drama. Movie. I was like, but yeah, it's not good to do that. You want to see things that are <clears throat> powerful, that encourage, motivate, that have happy endings. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't need to go to a pay a lot of money to go see life. Yeah. Right? Because life can get you down. Mm -hmm. So, well, what you were saying about stepping outside, something I say is if you stay in your bed, then you need to, um, if you step outside, let's say you're that you are in a depressed state where you stay in bed or you stay in your house, your dark house. If you go out, as soon as you step through the entryway, say to yourself, I'm stepping into my future. I'm stepping into my destiny. I'm stepping into something better for me. I'm stepping into who I was created to be. When you want to go back to bed and you cross the entryway back in, you have a choice. Am I going to step into, what am I going to do? Am I going to step into this place and I'm going to let that depression be all on me again mm -hmm. because now I'm home and nobody sees me? Right. Am I going to go to bed? What am I going to do differently? And that's what these tips are like. you know, Because you have to have a different pattern. You've had so many patterns of every single day you do these things, you have to have a new pattern. You get up, you do different things. Or when you come home, you cook something for yourself or you watch a funny thing. You have to do something different or it's never going to change. 
Now, in coaching, they talk about habits, setting new habits. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these would be new habits. Yes. Like, you, you like all the old ones because you can't achieve them, maybe, and that just gets you down. Oh, I can't run like I used to first in the yeah. morning. I can't go walk like I used to, whatever it is, okay? You got to let that go and create new habits, new mm-hmm. healthy habits. And that's what, in coaching, you help them do. Right. Um, and so, you know, you talked about YouTube videos that are fun. There's mm-hmm. a lot of YouTube videos, and I, I mean, you can watch YouTube videos forever. Um, looking at pictures or videos that bring you joy in the past mm-hmm. or cute baby pictures, yeah. anything like that. Um, and so um, I think one of the things you said, you have to prepare. And I wasn't sure exactly what you meant by that. That I had to prepare for. It said, um, I don't know, like. Going to a buffet. Oh, that's my biggest tip. Oh. Um, I used to weigh over 200 pounds, and um, I lost it probably 10 years ago. You are kidding. No. Okay, that's just a small little detail you didn't tell me. Okay. <laughs> yes, so I lost it, and then um, what I learned was that I had to, if I, I, I like buffets, in order to go to the buffet, I had to eat healthy food before I went there so I wasn't starving. Right. So that's how I prepare. If I know I'm going to go into a bad family situation, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever, I prepare my mind before I get there. Right. I prepare how I'm going to deal with this situation. Yeah, and also choosing which ones you go to, which ones you don't. Right. You know, you just don't want to go to harmful things. Mm-hmm. And, and if you or do, don't friends. stay too long. Yeah, our negative friends. Mm-hmm. And so, because friends can be great. You just don't want the friends to stress you out right. or whatever. And so, cool. We appreciate all these things today, Kelly. And we appreciate you being on. And people can follow up with you on thesurvivorcoach.com, the Survivor Coach on Facebook, the Survivor Coach At gmail.com. At gmail.com. <laughs> and survivorcoach16, Twitter. Right. And then your number, 404-617-4825. So, guys, get to Kelly if you need her. Um, Thanks for joining us on the Living Well Show. You can go to livewellshow.com or livingwellwithannbeal.com. And to see more um, podcasts we're going to do with Kelly for survival strategies, we thank you for listening. If you want to reach me again, you can go to livewellshow.com or Life Solutions, uh, 817-232-1363. We appreciate you guys being here and have a wonderful Memorial Day. And we look forward to seeing you back here on Living Well. In the meantime, you live well. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. 